Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the Thursday, July 27th reading of the Pikes Peak Courier. My name is Sophia. Today, we will be reading the following main articles. State to pay full tuition for students pursuing careers with dire workforce shortages, written by Brooke Nevins. Woodland Park Finance Chief, named Interim City Manager, written by Geraldine Terzo. Junior Woodland Players present The Little Mermaid, written by Pat Hill. Update. Fire in Teller County reaches 100% containment, written by the Courier staff, and following up with miscellaneous articles. The first article is entitled, State to Pay Full Tuition for Students Pursuing Careers with Dire Workforce Shortages, written by Brooke Nevins. Students interested in pursuing a career in some of Colorado's most critically understaffed industries could receive free tuition starting this fall. Through the Career Advance Colorado Workforce Initiative, announced by Governor Jared Polis earlier this week, the state will cover the tuition, book fees, and other program expenses of Coloradans enrolling in construction early childhood education, education, firefighting, forestry, law enforcement, and nursing at the state's 19 community and technical colleges. The program was signed into law in May under House Bill 23-1246 and allots nearly $39 million to the Colorado Community College System which will be in turn, I'm sorry, which will in turn distribute money to each of the colleges. Having worked in the education sector for decades, I've seen the impact of our state's teacher shortage up close, said House Speaker Julie McCluskey, one of the bill's sponsors. Many sectors are facing the same challenges, so it's imperative we take immediate action to incentivize more Coloradans into these career pathways. The initiative intends to bolster the workforce in the high-skilled sectors that face dire shortages across Colorado, the state said. About 4,000 job vacancies for registered nurses and 3,700 positions for elementary and secondary educators remain open every year, according to the Colorado Workforce Development Council. Pikes Peak State College's portion will cover costs for students enrolling in its construction, early childhood education, firefighting, and law enforcement programs specifically, all industries most needed in the Pikes Peak region, spokesman Matt Radcliffe said. The education field and construction industry in Colorado Springs alone 
are both expected to see a 20% growth in open positions through 2030, according to the 2021 CWDC data. Radcliffe said the CCCS determine allotments to each college based on historic enrollment figures in each eligible program at the college, and the institution is allowed to decide how its allotment is distributed among programs. The grant extends to any student pursuing a semester-long or year-long certification or a two-year associate's degree in one of the eligible programs, Radcliffe said. Students who already completed some of their education are also eligible to apply for covered tuition from now on under the program. If a student is already receiving financial aid that does not fully cover tuition costs, the college of their choice will pay the difference, the state said. To enroll in the program, prospective students must apply to their college of choice and submit federal and or state financial aid applications, according to the program website. For more information about the Career Advance Colorado and a list of participating colleges, go to cccs.edu. The next article is entitled, Woodland Park Finance Chief Named Interim City Manager, written by Gerilyn Terzo. The Woodland Park Council on July 20 appointed Aaron Basilati as the interim city manager. Basilati, who is currently serving as finance chief, stepped up and offered to take the position on the heels of Michael Lawson's resignation. Council members first discussed the situation amongst themselves in the executive session and invited Vasilati to attend as they negotiated between parties. For nearly two years, Vasilati has served as finance director for the city of Woodland Park, a role he will continue to fill alongside his new responsibilities as interim city manager. He is accustomed to wearing several hats, which should serve him well as his duties expand. In addition to budgets, ledgers, and audits, Vasilati was recently promoted to Administrative Services Director, overseeing information technology, fleet management, procurement, and grants. He described his experience with the city as excellent, noting that he and his family have integrated into the city well. I hope to continue to provide continuity, and leadership during this transition period, and I look forward to it, Vasilati said at the City Council meeting. As interim city manager, Vasilati will receive a 12% salary increase. However, that bump in pay is temporary and is only in effect while he serves in this interim capacity. The council will conduct a formal search in which it will identify candidates to consider for the position on a permanent basis, one that Vasiliti is expected to pursue. Once the council selects a permanent candidate for the city manager position, there will be contract negotiations, explained Mayor Pro Tem Kelly K. 
case. In the interim, we need somebody to serve in that role, and he seems to be the best suited and willing to take on in addition to what he does, she said. Case previously served as the city's finance director and treasurer from 1997 to 2014. She shared with the courier that Vasiliti carries more responsibility than she did when she filled the position, calling him the best and most qualified person for that job since she vacated it. So, considering the responsibilities in that position, in addition to adding all the responsibility of the city manager, who all the department heads report to, it will be a challenge, but one I believe he can rise to, said Case. A motion was made to approve Vasiliti as interim city manager, and it passed unanimously. Vasiliti will be sworn in for the role on August 3, when Lawson will pass the torch. The next article is entitled, Junior Woodland Players Present The Little Mermaid, written by Pat Hill. A journey of discovery of life's options and the perils attached to life as a teenager, the Junior Woodland Players presents The Little Mermaid. This week at the Dickinson Auditorium. Directed by Marcy Nicholsberg, the play follows the Disney story of teenage struggles, infatuation, and some treachery. The plot thickens with the mermaid's wish to be on land after she catches a view of a handsome prince. In an act of defiance of her father's orders, the mermaid rises from the bottom of the sea to the tip of the ocean where she meets Ursula, a sea witch. Ursula can cast spells and grants legs to the mermaid at the cost of her voice, Nicholsburg said. She steals her voice back by killing the witch. A peek at the production during rehearsal reveals a colorful set and actors dressed in elegant mermaid-like and princely costumes. Of the 51 members of the cast, more than half learned to tap dance. Just watching them grow as performers has been incredible to watch, as director and teacher said Nicholsberg, the school's theater director, forensic debate coach. It's overwhelming how exciting it is for me. Five Woodland Park High School students formed the technician crew. They literally spent 16 hours with me for the last three weeks building this set, Nicholsburg said. We have a team of parents who have spent hours creating costumes. The production concludes the 24th year of the Junior Woodland Players, a nonprofit organization. The Junior Woodland Players is a nurturing program, said Kelly Kezier a member of the board. The young students will carry these talents with them from the third grade all the way through high school. Along with the opportunity to be creative, the theater company offers auxiliary benefits. The skills they are learning are not just about theater, but about life, interaction with others, communication, and working with different age groups, 
Nicholsberg said. It's a good match of community. The performers range in age from third grade to high school. In addition to two graduating seniors, Aidan Wegman Hoyle and Mia Nicholsberg, Abby Kezier plays Ariel, the mermaid, and Gray St. Charles Cal plays the prince. The Little Mermaid is at 7 p.m. July 28 and 29, and at 1 p.m. July 30, at the Dickinson Auditorium at Woodland Parks High School. Tickets are $15 for adults and $10 for children 8 and under, and adults 65 and up. Tickets are available at the door. Or online at jrwoodlandplayers.com. The next article is entitled Update Fire in Teller County Reaches 100% Containment, written by the Courier Staff. The Fossil Beds fire that burned 14 acres Wednesday has reached 100% containment, according to officials with the Flores and Fossil Beds National Monument. There will be smoke visible in the area as interior pockets of heat remain. Firefighters will continue mopping up the remainder of the fire through the next few days, officials said, through a social media announcement Thursday morning. The 100% containment was reached at 10 p.m. Wednesday, officials said. A mandatory evacuation was issued for the Palmer Village subdivision. Shortly before 2 p.m. Wednesday, due to the fire near Manchester Place. That evacuation order was lifted around 3 15 p.m., and all subsequent pre evacuation orders were lifted as of about 8 p.m. Multi mission aircraft were in the air, the sheriff's office reported around 4 p.m. Wednesday. The next article is entitled Hotel with rooftop pool, upscale rooms closer to reality in Cripple Creek, written by Wayne Heilman. Cripple Creek's gaming industry will take its first steps toward becoming more like what gamblers see in Blackhawk, with the opening late this year of a massive expansion of Bronco Billy's Casino that will feature 300 upscale hotel rooms. And other amenities. Las Vegas based Full House Resorts, owner of Bronco Billy's, is spending $250 million to build the nine story hotel and casino complex attached to the north and west sides of Bronco Billy's Casino that's scheduled to open December 26 in a bid to attract more well heeled customers. The company acquired Bronco Billy's in 2016 and a year later unveiled plans to build a major hotel. Those plans were expanded after Colorado and Cripple Creek voters eliminated bet limits in 2021. The project follows a similar path blazed by casinos in Blackhawk, which began expanding with the opening of a 535 room hotel tower. In the Ameristar Casino in 2009, sorry, 
followed by a 516-room hotel complex and spa in the Monarch Casino Resort in 2020, Blackhawk and nearby Central City in the mountains outside Denver, along with Cripple Creek west of Colorado Springs, are the only Colorado cities where casinos operate legally following a voter-approved constitutional amendment in 1990. Blackhawk's expansion bets generally have paid off, boosting the average amount gamblers spent in the city's casinos by about a third and generating big profits for the casinos that invested more than $600 million in the two projects. Cripple Creek has been part of a larger discussion about making the gaming industry a real destination for visitors with world-class resorts, fabulous hotels and restaurants, and great entertainment, said Peggy O'Keefe, executive director of the Colorado Gaming Association. Blackhawk started to make some of those changes earlier, and they are getting customers who want the full destination experience. I think that the potential for growth in Cripple Creek is really good. Full House is banking on similar results from its complex, to be called the Chamonix Casino and Hotel, and named for a French resort city that hosted the Winter Olympics in 1924. The hotel will be nearly twice the size of Cripple Creek's largest lodging, the 158-room Double Eagle Hotel, and will double the number of hotel rooms in the city to about 600. It also will feature 15,000 square feet in a ballroom and five meeting rooms that could accommodate up to 800 people. Full House plans to begin taking room reservations by late July. The 300 rooms in the Chamonix complex will include two presidential suites that are four times the size of a standard hotel room and 48 other suites. Full House has said rooms will be built to standards that the company expects will earn the property a four-star rating from a major hotel rating group. The complex also will have a full-service spa, rooftop pool, exercise studio, a free-standing gold jewelry store in front of the hotel, a lobby convenience shop, four restaurants, and three bars. The complex also will include a parking garage, paved employee and valet lots with more than 500 spaces, and six electric vehicle charging stations. Full House will retain the Bronco Billy's name on the front of the existing casino, which is being extensively remodeled. Bronco Billy's employees, about 225 people, which will grow to nearly 500 when the Chamonix complex opens, said Baxter Lee, general manager of Bronco Billy's Casino. Construction on the Chamonix complex, now 80% complete and visible from miles away, already is bringing more customers to Cripple Creek with sidewalk and car traffic busier earlier than in past years. Jeff Mosher, the city of Cripple Creek's special projects director, said. The city is marketing itself as more than just a casino town, offering what he called an authentic experience in the mountains, 
with more to do and see beyond gaming. Cripple Creek won't become Blackhawk. We have a school, library, post office, grocery store, and a medical center, Mosher said. My hope is that someday visitors will come here and say, I didn't realize there was gaming because there will be so much else to do. Changing the market. Chad Benyon, Managing Director and Gaming Industry Analyst for Acquire Securities in New York, which is part of the Global Financial Services Group, believes Full House will have similar results in Cripple Creek to the profits Monarch and others have been able to generate in Blackhawk. Two years ago, Benyon said the Chamonix project has the potential to transform the property and the market by increasing spending of Cripple Creek gaming customers, which has lagged the national average and spending in Blackhawk. Full House is introducing a new product that is not in the market, Cripple Creek. They are looking for a different kind of customer than currently visits Cripple Creek. This product project is aspirational, Benyon said in a recent interview. If the product is in line with what the customer wants, they will be busy and do well. Everything looks as good or better than when they started this project in 2021. Nothing has really changed with the company or our view of the market. The average gambler in Cripple Creek spends about $150 each visit, or 25% less than the nearly $200 daily spend by the average gambler in Blackhawk, and well below the $300 to $400 a day in most other major gaming markets, Benyon said. Full House and owners of the Ameristar and Monarch casinos upgraded their properties to attract the type of gamblers that spend $300 to $400 in casinos in other states, but weren't interested in Colorado casinos before bet limits were lifted. Hotel rooms are a major factor in bringing in gamblers who spend more. Casinos often offer complimentary rooms and meals to their best customers, perks that assume the gambler will spend twice as much in the casino as the cost of the room, Benyon said. Full House plans to price rooms at the Chamonix Complex starting at about $200 a night, meaning it expects customers who get a complimentary room to spend at least $400 a day in the casino. Casinos generally want to give away at least 50% of their rooms to the best customers, and on weekdays and other slower periods, virtually all the rooms are complimentary, Benyon said. In places like Macau, the Chinese city, that's the world's largest gaming location, all of the rooms are given away to customers who are spending $1,000 a day. But in Las Vegas, about 25% of the rooms are complimentary or heavily discounted. While the 300 rooms in the Chamonix are a lot for the market, there certainly is a case for more rooms if the property is successful and others will then look to expand, Benyon said. Usually when there is some capacity added, then you see more develop.
I think there is a demand in this market. Other growth. That capacity could come from Triple Crown Casinos, which had planned to build a 105-room, six-story hotel attached to its brass-ass casino in Cripple Creek. The company, which also owns the Midnight Rose and McGill's Casinos, and is the city's largest casino operator with 690 slot machines and table games, has told Cripple Creek officials the project is on hold. Triple Crown officials did not respond to requests for comment on the status of its hotel plans. Thank you for joining us for the Pikes Peak Courier. My name is Sophia. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.